Well, good morning, everyone. Those that are left in here. <laughs> it's always interesting when the kids leave and it's just like everything opens up. Feel free to move forward, too, by the way, if you'd like to do that. Love to see you guys closer. Well, it's good to be with you all today. Um, hopefully, you've had a, a good week, a good start to 2021. Um, I think, you know, we're all kind of trying to continue to process uh, everything that we see and experience. And, um, you know, it's quite a, a year here already, to say the least. Um, for those of you who just want to say also just a quick welcome to those who are visiting, as well as those online, it's good to have you. Um, I was, we're, we were going to start a series today called uh, The Bible Doesn't Say That, but we're going to push that off a week. Uh, I was set to go, had my message ready, and then last night, um, sometimes the, the Holy Spirit speaks, and he's always speaking. I think it's, it's, I guess it's us listening, right, is kind of the question. And sometimes he speaks to your spouse. So last night, I listened to my wife, so you can all give me uh, props for that. So it was always a good thing. Yeah, yeah. Prayer does work. It's good. No, uh, no me and Leanna were having a conversation. I'd been kind of wrestling with it this week anyway, just with everything that happened at the Capitol in D.C. and just a lot of things. You know, I know that a lot of people, there's just a lot of uncertainties right now. We've been saying that all along with COVID, but it just really seems like it's just kind of like this layer after layer after layer after layer of just, we can't really quite find footing, right? We barely got into 2021, and then you see all the images and just everything going on. And so today, I really, I really want to be your pastor today. I know that, you know, well, you are a pastor. Now, I really want to be your pastor today. And my heart uh, hurts with people that are hurting. I, I just, between people that I know, people that I, I am friends with on Facebook, other pastor friends that I have that I've talked to, um, there's just a lot going on with people. And I think we can come in here, as we say often, you know, and we, we can kind of just blend in. We kind of come in, we sit, and we leave. But we carry things, don't we? And I really believe that, that God uh, has put some things on my heart that I really want to share with you today. And I want to just encourage us all today as we just process things, right? I think a lot of us right now are carrying burdens that, you know, we're not really meant to carry. We're carrying things, but it's because we can't, like, we get, like, one off and then another one's thrown on us. And we're just about to get one off and then another thing happens, right? So it's just really very uh, challenging times we're living. And so I think all of that, all of what we're seeing Everything kind of boils down, and, and one word comes to mind, and that word is conflict. Conflict. And conflict, I believe, you know, is, is something that we cannot escape in this lifetime. We're always going to face conflict. Either conflict within ourselves, conflict within our family, conflict with another person, conflict within the church. Right? It doesn't even, we don't even get away from it in, in, in the church. Conflict is always a part of our life, and it's, it's not so much we can sidestep conflict, but it's what we do with it when it comes. And I truly believe uh, that we are, as a church, not just Long Grove Community Church, but the church as a whole, you know, the church in America especially, I think, has, has been able to kind of move around conflict a little bit at times. Yeah, we have our things in our churches and things like that, but... The, what's happening is, is we're starting to see kind of a ramping up, a, a, a tension beginning. Um, in the places in the rest of the world, like we prayed for India today, Nigeria, you know, the Christians there are experiencing things all the time. But I think for, for the church in America, I think we're really facing some, uh, some 
some real uh, tough sledding ahead. The good news is that God's with us. This is not a, a, I don't want to discourage you right out the chute here, Let's, so we'll save that for later, but uh, just kidding. We're, we're, we're gonna, we're, oh, we always have hope. That's the thing that we have to remember, right? Really, the situations, what happens outside, what's going on around us does not dictate to, to us how we need to feel. It, it dictates that that's happening, but the reality is, is that our God is still on the throne, that God is still sovereign over all, and that God will not leave us or forsake us, right? And so it's kind of where, you know, the rubber meets the road, get your, you know, where the stick meets the ice, whatever, you know, thing you want to use, whatever works for you. It's, that's really kind of where it all comes down to. And I think for too long, we've been able to do lip service as Christians, but we weren't really having to put it truly into practice, you know. We'd, there's times, but we could just do kind of different things. So we're going to go into a message today, and, and you know, it's, it's uh, really kind of around this idea, this thought, anyway, of conflict and what we do with it. If you have your Bibles, I'd encourage you to turn to James chapter 4. James chapter 4. James chapter 4, and I'm going to read verses 1 through 7. And um, I'll be reading from the ESV, so you can follow along either in your Bible or it'll be on the screens as well. Um, so beginning in verse 1. It says, what causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions or uh, other, some translations say your cravings or your desires are at war within you? All right, so he's answering this question right out the shoot, you know. He's like, again, where does this come from? Well, it's, it's within our, ourselves. Verse 2, it says, you desire and do not have, and so you murder. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. You adulterous people, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you suppose it is to no purpose that the scripture says he yearns jealously over the spirit that he has made to dwell in us, but he gives more grace. Therefore, it says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Verse seven, submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, once again, we just acknowledge your presence here in this place. God, we thank you that, that your spirit is here, that your peace is here. <clears throat> that God, as we've gathered together today, Lord God, we are grateful and we are thankful as we sung earlier, Lord God, that you are here, you are present in our midst, Father. God, by your spirit, Lord, that, that you are even now already meeting your people, meeting their needs, meeting their concerns. But God, I pray, Lord, as we go deeper into your word today, as, as we share today, Lord God, that you would just speak to our hearts. God, that we would be open, that we would be in a place of humility to receive, Lord, what it is that you have for us today. God, I pray, Lord God, that even the harder things, the challenging things, Lord God, that they would resonate with us today, that they would speak to our hearts, and God, that we would be changed as a result. In Jesus' name, amen. So it's, it's no surprise that we, we live in a world that is full of conflict. You know, oftentimes, you know, we, we tend to see this maybe on the news. A lot of times, 
you know, when there's wars that aren't labeled quote unquote wars, they call them conflicts, right? Like we think of like a military kind of thing, a fighting. But we're seeing more and more throughout the world and throughout even in our lives that there's conflict. There can be conflict with you and, and, and your spouse. There can be conflict with you and a child. You can, there can be conflict with you and a neighbor. There can be conflict with you and a coworker. There can be conflict within yourself, right? You can be at battle, at war, if you will, because why? We live in a body made of flesh that's sinful, correct? And it's always wanting. It's always wanting its way. And so whenever we choose to live by the Spirit, we choose to live according to the Word of God, we are going to be in a conflict. So if you came here today and if you're sitting there today and you're feeling like you're going upstream all the time, whatever, wherever you're going, whatever scenario you're in, whatever group of people you're in, or when you look online, like, am I the only person that sees this is wrong? You're, you're in good company. <laughs> you're where you're supposed to be. Meaning we are not, it says, the scripture says we are in this world, but not of it, right? So we are supposed to feel that way in a sense. We're not supposed to fit in. We're supposed to be going upstream. It's not supposed to be easy. And so, again, we live in a world full of conflict. There's no such thing as a life void of conflict. Now, many people can, can do things or they can, they can operate or live in such a way that they try to avoid conflict, right? You know, some people, for example, you know, it it's, was just the holidays, and if you got together with any family, you know, there's all the rules, right? You know, you get together, no politics, no religion, right? Depending on what your family's made up of, if, if you all agree, then, then that's fair game. But there are certain places you don't go if you want to enjoy the turkey or enjoy the ham, right? It's just, why? That's, that's an avoidance of conflict. We do not want to have, you know, fireworks and battle across the dinner table. We want to just enjoy each other. So we avoid those things. We avoid those hard topics at times. Other people will retreat or, or go into isolation, either physically or emotionally. Some people, you know, will stay home. They, they don't, they just, they don't, they want to avoid everything. Some people will, will move, you know, to a far off place or to a mountain somewhere and just say, I want to be alone. But you cannot outrun conflict. You can't. Especially, like I said, sometimes it's within yourself. How are you going to outrun yourself? If anybody figures that out, let me know. You can't. Conflict will always find a way in. You cannot avoid it. Uh, other people will avoid relationships altogether, right? That person, that family member that you just really don't want anything to do with, you know? I've got some of those, don't worry. But, you know, we can avoid it. And I'm not saying at times there's times that you may need to avoid that person. Don't get me wrong. But what I'm saying is that you cannot remove conflict altogether from your life just by avoiding relationships. Sometimes God's called you to be in relationship with somebody because that person needs to hear something or that person needs you in their life, even though they may not realize it. Try saying that to the person next time that you have conflict with. So, you know, God's placed me here just for you. You'll realize that at some point. It'll solve everything, I promise. Just kidding. Just make sure you duck after you say it. But yeah, so some avoid relationships. And then, and lastly, some people will even, are you ready for this? Some people will avoid church. Uh-oh. Some people will avoid because when we start preaching the word of God, when we start going into the whole council, when we start going into those hard areas, those uncomfortable areas, and we got to, you know, process that and deal with that and it hurts our feelings or 
you know, it's like, oh boy. So some people will just stop coming to church or some people will just stop engaging with that culture. Why? Because I don't want to be challenged like that. I don't want to be in conflict because it causes conflict, doesn't it, within us? Conflict will happen in your life. Understand that. Conflict will happen. But it is how we choose to respond to the conflict that determines if we are right or if we're wrong. It's our response to conflict when it comes. When we look at Scripture and, you know, when we look at, at especially the Gospels and we look at the life of Jesus, it becomes very clear that there is... Uh, uh, there's what I would call a worldly conflict, okay, worldly conflict, and then there's a godly kind of conflict, meaning conflict comes either way, the response is what determines if it's worldly or godly. James here, he saw, James being the brother of Jesus, right, he was Jesus' brother, he saw how the world treated Jesus. Was it good? <laughs> Not at all. You want to talk about conflict, Jesus lived in conflict every single day. But he also saw how Jesus treated the world. Jesus' response. Now, I know, I know for most of us here today, you know, when you come into that place where somebody's challenging you and you're in that place of conflict, we all respond like Jesus, don't we? Right? Well, you know, I don't know how, how you guys are. You guys aren't really selling it today, but... You know, I think most of us, if, if, you know, if we're really like getting nitty gritty, it's like I only have but two cheeks to turn. After that, you probably should duck and, you know, watch out. We all have the best intentions, don't we? We all want to live like Jesus. We all want to, you know, walk like Jesus, be like him. But then the rubber meets the road again when those moments happen. How are we going to respond when conflict comes? When conflict is standing right in front of you, red-faced and spitting and thinking they're right, how are we going to respond? Will it be like Christ? You see, conflict exists both in our hearts and in the hearts of others. And so this applies to both parties. And, you know, it's for today, though, in this time together, let's just keep, keep the light on ourselves, right? We'll just, well, let's just look at us as, as we enter into these, these moments of conflict. And in verse 1 there of James chapter 4, we see very quickly where the source of conflict lies. The source of our conflict really is in our hearts, isn't it? It's what's in our heart. It's, it's that our hearts become polluted. As a kid, um, it's funny too because I've had to have these conversations with my sons too, but I, I really loved the smell. I still do love the smell of exhaust. Yeah. They used to follow buses. What's that? They used to follow buses. They used to follow, yeah, follow buses. I mean, as a kid, and, you know, my mom would come out, and she's like, you really shouldn't do that. That's not, <laughs> that's not good for you. And same with gasoline, too. I like the smell of gas, you know? Yeah. It's really crazy, and it's, but it kills the brain cells, and I, maybe that's part of my problem today, you know? I don't know, but too much, you know, exhaust and gas, but, um, but no, it's, it smells good, and, but, but if, you're, if your lungs are needing air, right? And you've got two choices, you know, a pipe here and a pipe here, a pipe full of, 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 of carbon dioxide or, you know, exhaust, or if you have a pipe full of fresh oxygen, which one do you go for, right? This smells good, but I know that it's going to be harmful. And over here, 
does pure oxygen really smell? No, it doesn't, does it? But is it good for you? Try holding your breath for the rest of my sermon, and you'll find out very quickly that, yeah, oxygen really does help a lot. So, you know, it, there's a big difference, and the problem is, is that in our times that, the times that we're living, in our culture right now, we can become so saturated with what's on social media, with what's all around us, that our hearts become polluted very quickly. It's what are we feeding on? We need that, but what is it that we're taking in a lot? Is, are we getting the fresh oxygen? Are we getting the word of God? Are we, are we being, being built up in our spirit and our heart? Or are we pulling in the carbon dioxide, which smells good, <laughs> but it's harmful to us? And if we take in too much, it'll kill us. And so, again, we look around and we're, we're asking, what, where, what's going on in our heart? What's happening, you know? And, and again, are we becoming saturated and polluted? You know, again, because oftentimes people on the other side of the issue, if you will, whatever it is that we're dealing with, uh, they're in a conflict and they, they genuinely believe that they are the ones who are right. And maybe their hearts are polluted or maybe it's ours. You see, I, I shared this in the first service. You know, I'm not a debater. I, I, I don't like debating. I, I just don't. I know some of you are. I know. And some people, some of you enjoy it. You love it. God bless you. We need people that can debate. I don't debate. Because I, you know, I go on Facebook or something, and I have never seen when somebody posts something, and then somebody makes like a comment, you know, the other side of it. And then the person who made the original post, are like, oh yeah, that makes total sense. I, I'll take that down or I'll change my stance. You know, I see people like argue back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And there is never a time, I've never seen it. If you've seen it, let me know. But if there's never a time where they're like, oh yeah, you're right. I, I'm a moron. I just didn't see it like that. Thanks for helping me. You never see that, do you? Because what happens is in the middle of that, at some point, even if you're kind of scratching that surface, even if you're getting in there a little bit, defense comes up. Pride comes up, right? Because I'm not going to be wrong. Now, especially because you've got, you know, all 10 of your Facebook friends watching what's being said. You know, I, I can't look like that in front of people. So I'm going to be right. Even if you're thinking for a minute, like, oh, they may be right. And so, again, pride creeps in, and we, it, becomes down, it comes down to more of us being right than anything else, right? So, again, this idea of understanding and seeing what that person's saying, understanding where they're at, are they being conflicted in their lives, in their heart? But understanding too that when conflict comes, what is our response gonna be? And, and if we are not constantly coming back to the word of God, and listen to me on this, if we're not constantly coming back to the word of God, rather than any political party, any person, okay, Anything. Can I just say this? I don't think Jesus, if he was on earth today, would be Republican or Democrat. Amen. Do you know why? Those are man-made systems. Neither party is perfect. I, I stand back and I laugh at times because it's like, well, when this party's winning, all is going to be well. When this party's in control, it's all going to be perfect now, you know? The reality is, is it's a world system. It is broken. It is filled with godless men and women, with people that are not of Christ. It's going to fail. Understand that. 
And it comes back to this thought. It comes back to this question of where, or should I say, who is your hope in today? If the answer is anything other than Jesus Christ alone, you are going to walk into failure, and you're going to walk into disappointment, and it's going to be a hard time for you. Now, don't, again, we have to live in this world. We have to engage in our society, in our culture. We do that. We're not going to live in a cocoon, right? And it's challenging. And we can lean this way or that way on some things. But my concern and my, my, the message that's on my heart today is we cannot let those things come into the church today. This says what it says. And I will say it, I know, he's like, man, he says this all the time. If we're going to die on a hill, it's going to die, we're going to die on this hill right here. Bottom line. That's it. And again, don't... I know things are a little tense right now. Well, Pastor, no, we're good. No, yeah. What if I say Donald Trump? What if I say Joe Biden? How are you feeling right now? Right? If I see, say coronavirus, if I say masks or no masks, if I say, you know, we can go down the line, right? All the things this year, this past year, not just the current year we're in 2021, but the, over this past 2020 as well. We have so many opportunities to be divided as a church. And again, I'm not saying that we can't have different views on some things. I'm not saying that we can't even have discussions. But so help me, we need to land back here. This is what it's all about. Do you understand? And let us not get sidetracked. Let us not get caught up in the things of this world. Let, it, let us not let our hearts become polluted and let worldly things kind of rise up and take precedence over the Word of God. You see, James is showing us that the source of our conflict is really rooted in worldly cravings or, or passions that are at war within us. Very, maybe I say never are we completely right on something. Unless it's here, right? Because when we get into you know, a, dis a, a discussion, I call it lightly, but more of a debate or into something, you know, if we're not careful and we're not staying on track or online, we can just start to kind of put our own things in there. And so we have to be very aware of what's going on in us. In James, in, in verse, or chapter 4, verses 1 through 3, we can kind of break these down a little bit. And I want to just kind of touch on each one just briefly. Again, we talk about these things, these, these inner cravings, this selfishness or rebellion, right? We're all selfish. <laughs> we are. We learn to, to not be selfish. You know, I, I always say, you know, look at, look at a child. Look at, you know, that, that, that moment when they're sitting in a, a group. You know, you put about five little kids in a circle and you put one toy in the middle. Watch, watch what happens. Are they going to be like... Oh, no, you play with it first. No, you take your time. I'll sit and wait patiently. They're not going to do that. It's going to be like WWE, you know, like off the top rope, like give me that, that toy, whatever it is. We're selfish by nature. And we spend our whole lives trying to just combat against that, aren't we? Because we want our, what we want. We want it our way right now. I, I would say, you know, I, I love in the summertime, I love air conditioning. Give me air conditioning. 
I don't like any beads of sweat rolling anywhere. And I, I like it that way. I like in the winter, I like it to be warm. <laughs> I don't want to be cold. We could turn the heat off and pretty soon we're all like, okay, I'm a little uncomfortable. It's just our nature. We, we, we are selfish beings. In verse 2 there, you know, it, it goes into to murder and coveting. You know, it says, your desire, you desire and do not have, so you murder. I don't remember if I shared this story at all with, with all of you, but um, when we were, we were in uh, Savannah, Georgia, we were volunteering on the youth staff at a, a church there. And there was another larger church from the same denomination in the area. And we would get together and do like uh, youth rallies and stuff like that. And I remember I met the youth pastor and I was kind of like, you know, I told Leanne after, I'm like, there's something just, I'm not, I'm not comfortable for some reason with this guy. He was, a, he was had been in the military as well. And it just, there was something in my spirit. Have you ever had that happen before? Like you can't quite put your finger on it. There's nothing like glaring, but it's just something. Anyway, long story short, let me just, let me just kind of boil it down. Uh, come to find out, he, he ended up murdering his wife, okay? It was like the biggest shock ever. We knew these people, and he had buried her body out on the military installation. And they said, they said later, you know, if he hadn't turned himself in and confessed to it and showed him, they would have never found the body. And I know they had, I think he had like one, one kid. There was a, a son, a teenage son. And, you know, it's like, what, what brings a person to that place? I mean, what, what is it that, that, you know, carries somebody to that place of, of doing that? And then come to find out, it, it came up, you know, more and more, there was an inappropriate relationship with a girl in the youth group. He had solicited, you know, sex from a, an undercover cop, um, all this kind of stuff. But the problem was, is he was the one that was in charge of the background checks at the church. So it was the perfect little kind of scenario. But his heart began to become saturated, didn't it? With the things of this world. Even though he wore the title of youth pastor and he was there, you know, on whatever services that he was doing and, you know, re he was not living it. His heart began to become saturated and it all escalated and to that point. Another bit there in verse, you know, in verse 2 of James 4. The next, you know, uh, uh, our sentence there, sorry, the next sentence, it says, You do not have because you do not ask. You do not have because you do not ask. You see, again, it's, it's, it's this thing of our hearts becoming like Christ. Our hearts being in the place, you know, when we say, you know, not our will, but yours be done. It's a surrender, isn't it? It's about aligning our will with God's will. And how many know that sometimes, you know, God, the answer, when we're asking something in prayer, the answer is going to be no. How many love no for an answer? Just, you know, unless you're praying, you know, to whatever give me the plague or something like that, and God says no, I'm like, okay, I like that one. No is not an easy answer. And so oftentimes, you know, when we get into these things, again, when we're in prayer, we're not asking for things because we're not asking we, to, to, to truly ask in according to the will of God and to surrender to that. It's scary. 
It's scary. And so, again, we can become, in, we can come into this place of conflict within ourselves if not careful. And, you know, it goes on in, in verse 2 as well and talks about fighting and quarreling. And, and then the verse 3 there, he talks about asking with wrong motives, right? We ask with wrong motives. And this is kind of like, you know, a child saying that they love you to get something, but get angry when they are told no, right? We see this all the time being played out. And so, again, it's, it's understanding what's going on in our heart. And so, as, as we work through this, this chapter 4 of James and we get to verse 4, we see that James quickly moves from a conflict on a level with others, okay, to a conflict with God himself. To a conflict with God himself. And this shows us that our lines of conflict with God and with man can become very blurry very quickly. You see, again, we start out with right motives. We start to we engage something. But during the conflict itself, we've always got to be checking our hearts. We've always got to be seeking out what God is saying and what God is wanting. You see, when we're in that conversation with somebody, it's very easy to get to that place of just, you just want to be right. I just want to be right. And so, once again, we've got to be so careful because then you move from the conflict here to a conflict this way. Now, I don't know about you, but for me, if there's one person that I don't want to be my enemy, it would be God. Right? That's, that's not a good, the odds are not on, on your side, I can tell you that. But we can end up in that place. And James says that to them. He says, you adulterous people. He says, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. You see, when we embrace those things, when we embrace things of the world and we become like the world or we're acting like the world, we now have moved ourselves into a place of being an enemy of God. And again, he uses this term being an adulterous. It's, it's like God is, he's jealous. You understand that? He's jealous of you and he wants your, your love and your affection. He's a jealous, jealous God. And so, again, we have to understand. We need to be walking every day in line with the Word and what the Word says. You see, God himself is in conflict with the world system. God himself is in conflict with the world's system. You see, world it's it's really referring to again man's systems the things that that we come up with that's political parties it's it's whatever whatever it is whatever flavor you want to do whatever you want to if it's a person if it's anything other than god god is in conflict with that and that's bottom line don't ever think otherwise god is opposed to the fallen and idolatrous world he constantly is using things that make no sense to the world, right? Again, we say it often, you know, the last shall be first, right? The weak will be strong. God is always using the things that, are, that go against what the world portrays, what the world says that what we're supposed to be, right? And so we have to constantly be coming back to the Word of God. So God is in conflict with the world system. God is in conflict with us. 
when we make friendship with the world. We are to, to love God alone and not the things of this world. But sometimes we can do this without even being aware. Sometimes we can get caught up in the things of this world. And, and especially now, that the day and age that we're living, right? We, we sit there, and whether it's uh, through social media, whether it's through our, our, our relationships with people, whether it's through what we're watching on TV, there's so much noise that can come just crashing in in any moment, right? That's the sound of silence. And it can almost be awkward at times, right? We almost don't know what to do when there's not <laughs> some kind of something making noise or whether it's music or, again, whether we have to do something. Have you ever been out recently and, you know, you, maybe you're in a mall, maybe you're in the airport, maybe wherever you're at and, and you leave your phone in the car and then you end up having to, like, wait for something? You know, you're waiting, like, for your food or it's going to be a wait to get in somewhere and you're, like, you're like, just like really like uncomfortable. You're... And you don't want to look at people because they're all looking at their phones, right? And you're like the one out and you just don't know, you don't know what to do. Have you tried it sometime if you haven't tried it? It's, it's really, it makes you let me know when you do it so I can make sure I get video of it. Because we are so in tune, aren't we? We're so in tune right here. We've got to have like this stimulus now, I know most of you all just, you're reading your Bible app, right, when you're out like that. Yeah? But we're constantly being bombarded. The question is, what are we allowing in, and what are we, what are we dealing with? Because, again, it's, it's all out there now. God is jealous for our affections. In Exodus 34, 14, it says, You are never to bow to another God because Yahweh, being jealous by nature, is a jealous God. Again, it can be a thing. It can be a person. It can even be good. You know, it could be a spouse. It could be, you know, a child. Don't, that's another whole sermon all by itself. You know, we live in a day and age where we just, we do all these things because we have to for our kids. Don't get me wrong. You know, I, I feed my kids, like, at least once a week. And, you know... That's a joke, please. I forget, I forget we're online, too, so I can't take that back. So I'm totally kidding. Online, just take note of that. Don't turn me in or anything. We feed them three times a week. But anyway, um, no, I just see, like, I see parents that are, are worshiping their kids. Let me just get down to it, okay? They worship their kids. You know, they got them involved in, like, 22 sports. They got them playing, like, 72 instruments, and they got to have lessons, and they've got to be the best at all of it. But what is it, who are, what are you serving? You know, there's nothing wrong, again, with taking care of your kids and getting them involved in stuff. But just, it can creep in if you're not careful. It can be a spouse. It could be, again, we just, if you are putting anything above God, and we won't say it with our mouth, but our, the way we live our lives tells you really quick on what you're serving and what you're worshiping and what you're not. And so we've always got to be so careful because God is jealous and he wants our affection. And so verse 7 there, therefore submit to God, but resist the devil and he will flee from you. Charles Spurgeon, he said once, he said, lay aside that fighting spirit 
that effort to pull others down so as to raise yourself up and bow before God. Yield yourself wholly to his blessed will. This is the way of peace and the way of joy, too. You see, when we look at Jesus and when he was led out into the wilderness, right, and Satan is sitting there tempting him, could Jesus have, he could have responded, couldn't he? He could have done anything he wanted to. He could have said, you know what, I will call a legion of angels, angels down right now. He could have done anything. All power was, was given to him. But what did he respond to Satan with? What did he do? He responded with the word of God, right? And after he responded and, and engaged that, you know, three times, then Satan did what? He left. So it's, it's looking at the life of Christ, looking at the life of Jesus and his response to conflict. You know, we say all the time, you know, Satan's been, you know, attacking me and this and that. Listen, I, I doubt very highly that Satan himself has entered your room and, you know, you're on that radar. I mean, it's probably very minute spiritually, right? Here Jesus is facing literally Satan himself. <laughs> and what did he do? He resisted and he fled. How did he respond? He responded in a way that's very different than probably how you or I would respond, right? It's how we respond. Look at, let's, let's move forward to when Jesus is being arrested in the garden. And when the soldiers come, what did Peter do? Hey, pull that sword out and let's, let's go for it. And he chopped the guy's ear off. And I'm pretty sure Peter probably missed, right? I mean, he was probably trying to do, I don't think he's like, I'm just going to shave his ear off. He was probably taking a swing and, you know, fortunately just the ear got caught. And what did Jesus do? Kind of, you drop this, you know, and he put the guy's ear back on, right? Because that wasn't what God's will was. What was God's will at that time? Was Jesus supposed to be arrested? You know the answer. Now, I want you just to sit there for one second. So God's will was for Jesus to be arrested. God's will was for Jesus to be beaten. God's will led Jesus all the way to being crucified on a cross. Was God's will. Was Jesus okay with that? It's a trick question. Yes, he was. What do we see just before he was arrested? In tremendous agony, kneeling down, crying out to the Father, Father, is there any way? For this cup to pass from me. You see, God's will, a lot of times we know it. The question is, will we do it? And will we step into it? God is calling now more than ever the church to rise up and to be obedient and to walk according to his word. But it's probably not going to be easy. And I say that today in light of everything that's happened, of what we saw at the Capitol and just, you know, where things may be headed in the future. You know, we're just looking at everything and understand God's will is still being done. God is sovereign. God is much bigger than anything that we're seeing and experiencing. And the beauty of it all 
is that it, it's, it's his will that's being done, and we are going to continue as a church to walk with him, and he will walk with us, and we will be obedient. Will it always be easy? Not necessarily. But neither was going to a cross for Jesus. The good news is that there's always hope. Even amidst whatever persecution may come, there's always hope in Christ Jesus, and there's always hope in our eternity with him. Nobody can take that. As it says, this life is but a vapor. Just, and it's done in light of all eternity. And so I pray that for you and for us today that that's, that's encouraging. We've got to stop trying to control what we are not supposed to control. Okay? There are some things we can control. There's some things we can control. I can kick this thing and it falls over. I can control that probably. But there's a lot of things out there that we take on as burdens to ourselves. And why do we do that? Why do we do that? Because we want control. <laughs> Nothing has changed, has it? Nothing's changed. We want, we want it our way. But it may not be that way, you understand? And so again, it's, it's after we've done what we can, it doesn't mean we don't isolate ourselves, insulate ourselves, cocoon ourselves. We stay engaged in prayer. We stay engaged in action, what we can do. But at the end of the day, once we've done all that, then it's God, you've got this. And I trust you, even when it doesn't make sense. You see, again, we, we have this conflict with people, and we have conflict with God, but I think too often we can conf confuse to whom we are supposed to be submitting to and resisting, right? The things that, to recognize what God's plan is, what God's doing, that, that's what life is all about. Let me give you just a little nugget here. It's about discernment. When things come, rather than an initial just, or immediate boom, we react, it's about pausing. Remember, remember, remember back when it was nice and warm outside and we were outside? We were going through like psalms and thing, and we, things and we were talking about this, this, this pause, this, this wait for a minute, right? But it's, it's the, the posture with an expectation, right? Anticipation. But we do so, we're ready to move, but we always pause. It's just like, you know, if you think of a huge military ready to move, they're not going to do anything until they know they get word from the commander, right? We need the same thing. We need, God, what's your... What do you want me to do here? Before I dive in and chop somebody's ear off, before I dive in and, and make a mess of something, Lord, help me to discern what you are doing and what you want me to do in this moment. We need to learn to pause, church. We need to learn to seek God's will and then take action. Here in a moment, we're going to move into a, a time of prayer. As Pastor Tony said, that um, I just want us to take, I feel like we need to do that. And sadly today, you know, I, I think too many of us here have been in, in churches where we can see what happens when conflict comes. And my concern right now, what I, my prayer and what I'm praying for for all of you is that 
what is happening in the world, what is happening in our country, but even what's happening in the world, does not creep into the church. We are brothers and sisters in Christ. Can we disagree? We sure can. But do we love each other regardless? We sure do. And we must stay in community. We must stay engaged. We must stay in the word. Right? We must stay in the word of God. And I, I, I promise you, I've said it, I've said it, I've said it, and I will continue to say it. I commit, my, commit to you that we will always side here. This will be the bottom line. And even if it's hard, and even if it goes against what the world's saying, we're still going to adhere to this. And I don't know if you got what Pastor Tony said earlier about, you know, the Bible app maybe not being on your phone. That could happen. There's a censoring, a great censoring beginning. And it's going to try to just continue to, to, to stifle the church. But if you ever want encouragement, look at the church in Iran, look at the church in China. You can't do it. And most of the time when you try to do it, it just gets even bigger. Why? Because God's in control. And no scheme of man, nothing will stop what God has put in place. Matthew 6.33, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added. The minute we start chasing those things instead of God is when we lose it. If you chase God, you'll gain everything. Everything that matters, right? I was reading and came across an article and, and it, it was, uh, it was done really well. I, 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 I didn't have the, in my notes here who wrote it, but um, gentleman, he, he wrote this, this article and he wrote this prayer. It's a prayer of lament, repentance, and hope. And it's, I thought, wow, you know, we were just talking about, right? Was it last week? The resolutions, right? But, we were, but part of that was what? Repentance, right? And so... Today, we're going to just move through a time of prayer as a, as a church, as a, as a body here. We're gonna, what we're going to do is we're going to pray scripture. And I, I totally echo what Pastor Tony has been saying the past few weeks and today about, you know, when you don't know what to pray or whenever there's a chance, I'll just put it this way, whenever there's a chance that you can kind of lean one way or another on something, pray scripture. <laughs> because then your selfishness can't creep in and you just stay where where it should be. And so we find this in 1 Peter, and you're welcome to turn there if you'd like, or, and we're gonna be just, we're gonna take some, some verses from chapter two, and what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna read just a verse, and then I'm gonna pause for a moment, and I want you just to kind of ponder what that verse is, and they'll be on the screen, and just pray. As that verse speaks to you, I want you to pray right where you are, just for a few few moments, and then I'll pray a prayer from that verse, and then we'll move to the next one. And we're just gonna do this like two or three verses here, or maybe, sorry, maybe four. So 1 Peter chapter two and verse one, it says, rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. Why don't you just take a few moments and just, just pray from that scripture to God.
Lord Jesus, we praise, bless, and adore you for being our perfect Savior and reigning King. You are our peace, and you have called us to a life of peacemaking and neighbor-loving. We're not to be passive, but passionately yours, serving you with thoughts, words, and actions becoming the gospel. In these coming hours, days, and months, fill our hearts with your grace and spirit, that we might rid ourselves of our unbelief, malice, and sin. Amen. Continuing on in chapter 2 and, and verse 9 of 1 Peter, it says, You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, more so than any flag we wave or passport we carry or tribe we cherish, you have declared us to be uniquely yours, chosen, beloved, a holy nation, a people called to bring light into the darkness and your praise among the nations. The only unshakable, lasting kingdom is yours, Lord Jesus, a bride you are redeeming from every nation, tribe, people, and language. Moving on to verse 12 of chapter 2 there. It says, To live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, free us in these coming days to live good lives, godly lives among our neighbors. May our, work, our words and works of grace make the gospel beautiful and believable to everyone. And if we are persecuted, may it not be because of our obnoxiousness, but your righteousness. May the two most important days on our calendars be today and the day of your return. We want to live in light of eternity and love whoever you place in front of us today. Amen. And lastly, verses 16 and 17, it says, Live as free people, but do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as God's slaves. Show proper respect to everyone. 
love the family of believers, fear God, and honor the emperor. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for setting us free from sin, death, and judgment. May we use our freedom for your glory and our neighbor's good. Show us how to live respectfully, faithfully, and expectantly until the day you return to finish making all things new. So we pray in your most loving and glorious name. Amen. Amen. Would you stand? pray for us. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord, for this message today. I thank you for challenging us, Lord, to, to pause, to search our hearts, Lord. Lord God, I pray that today you would just show us by your spirit, Lord, anything in us, Lord, that is, that is selfish, that is for gain, anything that we're doing or pursuing, God, I pray that you would just continue, Lord, to, to call us, Lord, to, to be followers of you, to be followers of Jesus. Lord God, when, when things become difficult, when things become challenging, when there's times of uncertainty, that's really, Lord, when your church becomes very clear, Lord God, that we have a mission, that we have a calling on our lives to be a light to the world around us. Lord, for it is with, it's in the darkness, Lord God, that a light shines the brightest. And so God, we just trust, Lord, that we will be found faithful, that we will be found, Lord God, doing your will and what you called us to, whether it's hard or not. And God, those places, Lord, today, and for everybody watching online and those here in person, Lord God, those places that we are called to, Lord, that, that we just don't feel that we have the strength, that we don't feel that we could ever do Lord God, I pray that we would step boldly into those and trust that your strength, Lord God, is all we need. That you will sustain us. God, that you will see us through. And so God, we just put a renewed hope, Lord, in you today. And God, we put our trust in you. And I pray, Lord God, just that we've been challenged today, Lord God. What is it that we're feeding ourselves? What is it that we are filling up on, Lord God? What is it that we are saturating ourselves with? Is it the things of this world, Lord? God, or is it your spirit? Is it your word? God, I pray, Lord, that we will truly be a church that goes into all parts of the world. And God, we will meet people where they're at and meet them in their need. Thank you, Lord, for today and for this message. In Jesus' name, amen.